Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's lift those hands to him and tell him, Holy Spirit, I'm all yours. I am all yours. Do as you will with my life, in my life, and through my life. I'm no longer my own. I have been redeemed. I am your property. I yield myself to you the best way I know how. Lead me. Guide me. Preserve me. Holy Spirit, I have never been this way before. I need you more than ever before. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You may be seated in His presence. Mm-hmm. As I've always said, I'll say it again. In this life, yielding to the Holy Spirit is the key to victory. So may the Lord teach us how to yield to Him. Amen. As amen. The best of your plans are not good enough. Do you know that all the plans you make is based on facts? On what you know. The rest are speculations. Like what you see in stock market. Guesswork. The only one who knows the future is the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he has gone into my future. Who has gone into your future? So when the Holy Spirit leads and guides you, you are sure. And you are certain that you will arrive. Praise the Lord. That's why the Lord spoke to us and said, Let him give us eyes that do one. Let's see, and ears that one here. In these last days, discernment is very important. Because things, they don't really, really appear the way you look at them. So if you're a surface believer who takes things on the surface value, you're going to be very disappointed. Lord, when he was separating from Abraham, the Bible says he looked down the plain and he saw that the grass there was looking so green. And he said, this can help my animals. Not knowing that was the journey he was taking into. He lost almost his entire family because he was not seeing well. I pray this afternoon that the Holy Spirit will help us. Say, Holy Spirit, I need your help. Oh, that is very weak. Say, Holy Spirit, I need your help. Can I be honest with you? Do you really need the help of the Holy Spirit? Oh, do you really need the help of the Holy Spirit? Oh, no, no, I don't think. I know most of you are very wise. You are very strong. You are very experienced. But let me tell you, even the best of us is not good enough. 
The Bible says the young man shall do what? Shall we become weary? The youth will faint. But they that do one, wait upon the Lord, shall receive what is of God. One thing about God is that God is not moved by words. God is moved by the posture of our hearts. And if your heart is not what you if your heart isn't in what you say, we call that drama. So I want to encourage us. In the book of Daniel, the Bible says that the wicked shall become more wicked and the righteous shall become more righteous. And they that know their God shall be what? Shall be strong and do exploit. What is knowing God? What is knowing God? What is knowing God? Today we're going to do a simple study of the life of our Savior, a brief one. Because, what is that? Because today, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, the most successful man who ever walked this earth is Jesus. The most successful man. Can you take over any microphone that could be on or anything like that? Thank you, Jesus. The most successful man who ever walked this earth is who? Tell your neighbor, Jesus was the most successful man. Who did what? Did he have a mansion? Hey. I said, did he have a mansion? He didn't have a mansion. So we're going to redefine what success is in life. <laughs> Because drug lords have mansions at the beach. <laughs> Hello? So our definition of success must be very different from what the world tells us. Eh? Most people you envy, you don't know how they got their wealth. That's why the Bible says, don't envy the wicked. Tell never don't envy the wicked. And most of your prayers here is full of complaint. Lord, look at them. Lord, look at them. He doesn't know you, but he's driving. Do you know? How do you start comparing yourself with a wicked man? That is sad news. Tell him that is sad news. Say, why do you lower your standard? Amen. I say amen. I want to quench your appetite for worldliness this afternoon. Praise the Lord. And start up your hunger for the things of God. Tell him success is living for God. Doing the will of the Father. That's success. Amen. I say amen. So, as I share with you, I want you to make up your mind today and tell yourself that the word of God must be the final authority over your life. You need to write that in capital letters in your heart. God's word. If you are going to walk with God, His word must become what? The final authority in your life. That means even your opinion does not matter. Including your neighbors. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I know you are very clever. 
Are you hearing me? But God's word carries the last word over every decision in your life. This thing you must decide now. Do you know why people fall into temptation? Because most times we are met when our minds are not made up. But if you meet situation when your mind is made up, you know what to do. Am I making sense to you? So when you decide today God's word is the final authority in your life. For example, say never for example. I'm going to give an example that will disturb your peace a little bit, but you'll forgive me. Let's say brother Jack has fallen in love with his sister Amina. Now you understand what I'm talking about. You know where Amina comes from. Are you hearing me? From the other side. Praise the Lord. Say Amina is from the other side. You know Amina. I said, do you know Amina? Okay, I believe everybody knows Amina here. Say, Sister Amina, how are you? Anyway, listen. That alone, you know what the word of God says. That there is no relationship between light and darkness. Now that the word of the Lord is the final authority, you'll just tell you chemicals, keep quiet. Because the word of God says there is no relationship between Jack and who? And Amina. You don't need to go to a prayer mountain to seek the will of the Lord. That's a waste of time. When God's word begins to dictate your life, you'll visit the prayer mountain very few times. Decide today. Say never decide today. So is God's word dictating your life? Because most of us here seated here, we want to hear the voice of God. Lord, speak to me. And you sleep early to get a dream. And the dream you get is an elephant chasing you. Say, Holy Spirit, have mercy upon me. Many of the things we are asking God for is right in the word, written out. Before you can go for that voice you want to hear, decide from today that this Bible is my number one voice. The number one voice in my life. And are you hearing me? I say, are you hearing me? I told you a testimony, a such story. How a lady with a well-established family told herself during prayer and fasting that she's supposed to be the wife of the pastor in their church. And she left her family in pursuit of a fantasy, not the word of God. Because if she knew what is in the word, she would not have dismissed that voice immediately. Because that voice is contradicting everything in the scriptures. Am I making sense to you? Is it the biggest challenge? I was asking the Holy Spirit for two weeks. What is the problem of the church in this nation? You see, our people who founded the Pentecostal church, who many of who were raised on snacks, they were raised on snacks. That most of the time when you go to church, what they will tell you is twala, 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 twala. They're going to be this, they're going to be this. And there's nothing wrong with that. But seasons have changed. You can no longer go by Tuala. Say never Tuala cannot take you anywhere right now. Uh, praise the Lord. It is time for us to migrate. 
and grow up. Say, so we need to grow up. So we have big people in church who are crying for toys. We're praying, Pastor, I need a toy. What are toys? You know them. Praise the Lord. I say, praise the Lord. And God is looking for sons, and sons are after the interest of their fathers. He said, Daddy, they're looking for where do you want us to invest? So God is looking for people whose hearts are sold out to fulfill his will and his purpose. Ask a neighbor, are you the one? Or should I wait for someone else? So I began by saying, God's word must become what? Final authority in your life. Most of the questions you have, you don't need to ask God. It's in the Bible here. It is in the Bible here. So, what made Jesus very successful? And as a church, we need to get this and practice it. Individually and as a body. Everyone say discipline. Say never discipline. Without discipline, you can never go any far with God. Give me Second Timothy chapter 3. Probably from verse number 14. Second Timothy. Let's look at Second Timothy. Let's read together. But you must continue in the things which you have learned. And being assured of knowing from whom you have learned. Say so never you must continue in the things you have learned. So what is Paul telling Timothy? Give us verse number 15. That from childhood, what have you known? The Holy Scriptures, which are able to do what? To make you wise. So the Word of God is capable of making you wise. So Timothy sold himself out to the studying of what? Of the Word. This Bible can make you wise in business. This thing here, every area of life has been addressed in this book here. Your marriage can go to a level that has never been done if you can follow this word here. Easy. Our problem is that we are very stubborn. God's word has never been the final authority in our life. Say never for example. Say never for example. You are the husband. I am the wife. Are you hearing me? It's a problem we have. Josh, if you are a man of God, you fear God. Why would you practice a fivefold ministry upon your wife? Apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, pastor. This is five. No, you can't lay hands on your wife. Why would you slap your wife? I'm not saying you have slapped your wife. But why would you do that? If the word of God is the authority over your life, that word is able to restrain you from lifting your hand. But you see, there is a thing. Well, 
our culture. Now the culture has taken over the word of God. So that culture of yours is demonic. <laughs> the word of God. The final authority. A brother comes to me and tells me, Pastor, my wife has failed to give birth. I need to get another one. What kind of believers do we have in the church of Jesus Christ today? Even you got married to get children. Now, if that is the reason why you're getting married, first come for counseling. Because there are many ways of getting children. You can adapt children. But you are quiet. You are quiet. You are quiet. That's why we have problem in the church. Did you know, Mr. Nsubuga, that it was Sarah who suggested to Abraham to get Hagar? Abraham was content to stay with Sarah alone. She had no other. And Sarah hadn't given birth for all the years they were married. Read the Bible. He had only one wife called Sarah. Hagar was whose idea? Sarah's idea. Look to Abraham, ye who seek after God. So now we know that Abraham had even already chosen someone to be the heir. Do you know that? So if a brother comes and begins to tell you, you know what? That brother is not born again. Say, that brother is not born again. You don't know the word. I know I'm disturbing your peace today. But if the word of God is the final authority, then you better decide to walk through the word of God. Do you know why many of you don't hear the voice of God? Because this word here is not the final authority. It is not. God can speak to you. <laughs> hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I know if I go deeper, you'll keep quiet forever. So I... Uh, let me just stay a little bit there. Say, neighbor, the word of God must become the final authority in your life. So let's look at Jesus. What made Jesus a winner? Give me the book of Luke chapter number 4. What made Jesus such a powerful man? The Bible says something very, very interesting. That he entered the temple. Jesus entered in the temple. As it was his custom. What was the custom of Jesus? That is his way of doing things. That was his tradition. So Jesus had a tradition. What was that tradition? Let's read together. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was. What did he do? He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And stood up to read. So Jesus had a custom. What was that custom? The reading of the scriptures. Look at verse 17. He was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written. That means Jesus used to study the scriptures. Jesus used to study the scriptures. How 
much of God's word is on the inside of you. Let me just try and disappoint you this afternoon. I help you a little bit. You will never win again as the devil using the gift of the Spirit. You don't even fight Satan with the anointing. No. The devil had just had the voice spoken, speaking out of heaven. This is my word. Beloved son, Jesus Christ. Jesus goes into the wilderness. When Satan showed up to do what? To tempt him. What did he say? It is written. He didn't say, didn't you hear my father say from heaven that I am the son of God? No. It is the word inside him that helped him overcome the temptation of the devil. No matter how anointed you are, how gifted you are, you don't fight the enemy using an anointing and the gift. It is the word on the inside of you. That's why you can come out of the pulpit, anoint the blind, see the lame walk, and you go and sleep with a woman. You go and steal. Because the only thing on the inside of a man that restrains you is what? The word of God. Am I talking to somebody here? You are as strong as the word of God on the inside of you. So in these last days, listen church, do you remember what Jesus said? That when a spirit is cast out, it goes where? Into the wilderness. And when he has find, found no place, what did I say? Let me return to my house. When he finds it what? Empty. What does he do? He goes and brings seven more. What fills your heart is not the anointing, not the gift. What fills your heart is the word. So when the enemy comes and finds no word on the inside of you, he's going to take you out. I'm in deliverance. I do a lot of deliverance. I'm telling you, the best form of deliverance is to pump whoever is bound with the word of God. Somebody say the word. Say the word. Say the word. What is the word? Is a light unto your feet or a lamp to your path. The word of God. So Jesus had a custom. He was devoted to the word. So Paul tells Timothy that scriptures have made you what? Wise. That mere businessman, there is something in the word of God that can turn that business upside up. That marriage of yours, if you can get into the word, something will happen in your life. Don't be too clever to ignore the word of God. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. That's what the problem. Most of you, you want, Pastor, give me a prophetic word. This is the most sure word of prophecy. This one here. There's nothing over the prophetic word. There's nothing over prophetic word. But let me tell you, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word 
that proceeds from God's mouth. This is what feeds your spirit. Most of you, you are too busy for the world. And let me tell you today, discernment is a function of the word in your spirit. If you don't know the word, 90% of your discernment will be false. The accuracy you are going to have in the spirit is dependent on how much word is in your spirit. Am I communicating to somebody here? Say, Holy Spirit, help me. What is in your spirit? Your spirit. Your soul. And your body. The body is driven by what? The senses. Taste. Touch. What else? You know that. The soul is driven by what? Reasoning. Your spirit is driven by what? Faith. A believer at any time can be led by one of these three. You can be led by your body. You can be led by your soul. Or you can be led by your spirit. Am I talking to somebody here? Oh. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. So whatever you are hearing, where are you getting it from? It can be a signal from your body, a signal from your soul, or a signal from your spirit. If you don't train your spirit, let me tell you, most of the signal believers are having today is either from the soul or from the body. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Am I helping somebody here? Somebody say the word. Say the word. The Bible says we understand that everything we see came through the word. So God uses the word to construct. Let's go back to Timothy. Let's see something there. Hello. Give me verse number 16. What does it say? Let's read. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. For what? It's profitable. For what? What is doctrine? Teaching. What is reproof? Rebuke. For what? For correction. And for what? Instruction in righteousness. I love verse 17 most. Read man. That the businessman, that the career woman, that the husband, that the wife may be complete, thoroughly furnished. Hey. Have you been in a house? You have furniture? Hey. What are the furnitures you have in your house? Hmm? What furniture do you have in your house? You have a table? What do you have? Chairs? You have one? Now, the word of God. Listen, church. Is what furnishes your life. Hey. The word of God is what furnishes your life. 
It brings into your life everything you need to be complete. So when we enter your house, we don't just find an empty house. We find a house carpeted, chairs, fridge. What put them there? The world. So when the enemy comes, he doesn't find an empty house. He finds this house completely full. He says, I can't enter here. Or am I helping somebody here? You have to. Now, it takes discipline to put this thing into action. Our biggest challenge is that most of us don't have discipline. You read the word for one week. After one week, you retire. I say, I, I, I don't feel it. It's not about feeling. <laughs> I saw in the newspaper... In the news, rather, there was this guy, I think he's an Indian businessman, about $110 billion, his wealth. He woke up in the morning and he had lost half of it. He's there in the news. Half of the wealth gone. Half of the wealth gone. He was the fifth richest, now he's nowhere there. The things of this world. <laughs> Why am I saying that? If you build your life, on nothing but the word of anything else other than God's word. Get ready. <laughs> That's why. What is the foundation of your business? What is the foundation of your life? What is the foundation of whatever? If it is not the word of God. Sister, brother, get ready. Because the Bible says the storm is coming. Don't pray for it. It will come. We are under the sun. The only thing guaranteed to go through the storm. Is what is founded on God's word. If you want to survive, make up your mind today. Don't only be a student, but become a doer of the word. Don't wait for a prophecy. The ones you read every day. If the Bible says give, do what? If the Bible says pray, do what? If the Bible says fast, do what? Follow the word. Don't wait. I need to feel. You don't need to feel. You don't need to feel. It is just the right thing to do. It is called a discipline. That means it requires effort. Even when you don't feel like it, you're going to put yourself in it. Because it's a matter of life and death. What value do you put on God's word? The Bible says Jesus grew in wisdom. He grew in stature. He grew in spirit. Our biggest challenge is we educated our soul at the expense of what? Our spirit. So we have here people who have master's degree, have PhD, have master's in science, doctorate in what? Psychology. That's the education of the soul. And then you got saved. Now we have a problem. We now must be able to... That's why Paul said, I count all these things. Paul was a very wise man. He said, for me to know Christ, I must let go of what I've learned. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. So if what I have learned doesn't agree with the word of God, I must subject it to this truth. Say, Holy Spirit, please help me. Give me Psalms 119, verse 89. Let's read Psalms 1. Let's read it. Look, your word is settled. God's word 
is eternal. God's word is eternal. Give me Isaiah 55. I just want to create an appetite for you. Give me from verse number 11. Over verse, from verse number 10. Isaiah 55 verse number 10. Let's read together. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there mm-hmm, and makes it bring forth and bird that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eaters. Seed to who? And bread to who? Seed to who? Bread to who? I say, Mark goes to seed to who? And bread to? So likewise, verse 11. So likewise, verse 11. What happened? So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. What will it do? It shall not return to me void. But it shall accomplish what I please. What will it do? He shall prosper in the thing which I sent. So the word is sent to do what? Go back to verse number 10. What does the word supply you? Supplies who? Say it supplies the sower with what? With the seed and the eater with what? With bread. When you lack seed and you lack bread, it's a sign that the word is outside you. You don't have the word. Anything God wants to do, he will send the word. I say he will send the word. The word is not for a pastor. The word is not for a preacher. The word is for a believer. Ask your neighbor, are you a believer? You need the word. Say, are you a believer? You need the word. Some of you, you eat three times a day to feed this body of yours. Three times a day. And then you feed your soul with junk. You're watching movies that don't help you at all. Engage in those funny, funny soap operas. Eh? Ah. And then you come and close your eyes and what you see? You say, Pastor, pray for me. I have a demon. No, 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 no. There's no demon. When the critical time comes for you to make a decision or to make a choice, you have nothing in your spirit because you have been feeding yourself with nonsense. Then you run to some funny man or woman of God and they start manipulating you, telling you things you don't even understand. Then you say, these people, who took you there? Look at say, neighbor, the pastor loves you so much. He's telling you what you need to know. Do you know why many of you have problems with prayer? Because you don't have the word inside you. There is no way I start to pray and the word doesn't start coming out of the side of me. I'm telling the truth. The word. Somebody say the word. Say the word. It takes discipline to put the word where? Inside of you. Some of you go to bed and say, Lord, transfer it to my brain. It will never happen. It will never happen. The word. The word. It is the word that provides the boundaries for your life. Are you hearing me? If you have no word, you live a lascivious life. A life that has no boundary. You are everywhere. You are uncontrollable. A liability in the kingdom of God. Say, Holy Spirit. This is not my portion. 
The word. The word. See. Give me John chapter number 10, verse 31 to 36. I'm about to finish. John 10, 31 to 36. The Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works I've shown you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. Because you being a man, make yourself God. Next. Jesus answered them. Let's read together. It is real. In your law, I say, you are God. Next. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken. Read it again. Read that scripture. He called them gods to whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken. Do you know if you hold on to God's word and don't let go, you'll get results? Because the scripture cannot be broken. I say the scripture cannot be broken. And God, for God not to do his word is for God to deny himself. Make up your mind today, Lord, I've settled. Me and your words, we are going forever. My closest partner, you tell him, is what? The word. I believe the word again is all odds. The Bible says, They that observe lying vanities will do what? Forsake their mercies. That symptom is a lying vanity. Are you hearing me? Anything in your life that contradicts God's word is a what? It's a lie. I say it again. Tell you about anything in your life that contradicts the word. It is a what? I say it is a what? So what happens when you believe a lie? You forsake your mercy. Every time you believe a lie, you forsake your mercy. Are you hearing? When you eat up your tithe and you say, Lord, I am, I am, I am the house of God. I tithe in myself. Because the Bible says, bring the tithe in the house of the Lord. I am the house of God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. What governs life? The Bible says in Genesis chapter 8, I think verse 22. As long as you are under the sun. Give it to us. As long as you are under the sun. What happened? While the earth remains. What happened? Seed time and harvest. Cold and heat. Winter and summer, day and night, shall not see. Galatians chapter 6 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he reap. You know, it is total madness. Madness. Somebody say madness. I shout say madness. Say neighbor madness. Eh? For you to go in the field and sow corn... Then after sowing corn, you go for 40 days of fasting. And say, Lord, I want tomatoes. You're a big dummy. Are you hearing me? It will never happen. Say, it will never happen. Now, most of you, you want to turn God into a magician. Say, never, you won't turn God into a magician. God doesn't perform magic. 
He doesn't. I know you don't like me this afternoon, but God does not perform magic. So some of you, you are praying prayers and God is saying, who is going to answer this prayer? God is even wondering, who is going to answer these prayers? Because God cannot go against this world. You have been sowing tears. You are going to reap whatever you have sown. So if you want to change the harvest, change the seed. Prayer will not change the harvest. Oh, yeah, but I say prayer and fasting will never change your harvest. <laughs> say, neighbor, make sure you're here on next Sunday. <laughs> Somebody say, discipline. Say, discipline. <laughs> Why? Yeah, don't be deceived. God. Is not mocked for whatever a man sows. We will do what? You are busy gossiping about everybody. Then you say, Pastor, pray for me. They hate me. Ah, ah, nobody hates you. You are reaping what you have sown. All I can say, Lord, just reduce the harvest. Are you hearing me? Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. I'm telling the truth. What I'm trying to say, the we that's what I'm saying. If God's word is the final authority in your life, you're gonna to begin to adjust the way you do things. Uh, hallelujah. I say hallelujah. The Bible says it's more blessed to do one than do one. But most of you are in the receiving line. Most of you. If you just put a giving line here and receiving line here. The receiving line will be the longest in this church. Giving line will be very short. Yet the Bible says it's more blessed. So what kind of Bible do you read? Say, Holy Spirit, help me. The Bible says it is more blessed to give, but you want to go on the receiving line. Now, if it's the stubbornness we have in the church, then you want to go to the prayer mountain and say, Lord, change it. God will not change it. Then if the pastor said God will not change it. Hallelujah. I say, Hallelujah. Look at it, I say, neighbor. Your tongue controls your life. Hey, your tongue. Your tongue. Hey. The Bible says the tongue is the smallest, but it can set the whole city on fire. Your tongue. The word. The Bible says, Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And you are sitting there boldly. You don't like people. I say, you don't like me. I hate. He says, a brother there. You look at say, I hate him. And you are a believer in the church. You hate a brother. You say, I'm a believer. Which word do you believe? No, I'm just trying to tell you the truth. A believer to hate. Yet the Bible says, you're not supposed to hate. He who hates abides in what? In death. Pastor, you don't know what she has done to me. The word of God is the final authority. Pastor, you are unfair. I am not unfair. I'm telling you, if you want God to work for you, make up your mind that God's word is going to dictate everything in your life. Say, Holy Spirit, please help me. Ask your neighbor, who is the final authority in your life? Sometimes you hear people singing here, who has the final say? Jehovah has the final say. Hey, the slogan. 
Oh, Uganda, may God have holy. And they're the biggest thieves. <laughs> this year, somebody, this year, things must change. You start now. Start now. I say, start now. Start now. The word of God must become your treasure. Give me Isaiah 7 verse number 14. Isaiah chapter 7 verse number 14. I shared this word. Let's read together. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a sign. And shall call his name. Who is that one? Who is that? Isn't that Jesus? Isn't that Jesus? Let's look at what Jesus fed on. Cuds. And honey, what? He shall eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. His diet dictated or determined what he would choose. Jesus fed on butter and what? And honey. And what he ate is what developed his discerning ability to know what is good and what is bad. Ask a neighbor, what do you feed on? Agatali and fufu. That is what you feed on. Tell neighbor, what do you feed on? Ah, uh-uh, what do you feed on? Which one is there again? Apart from mfufu. What is it? Those television stations of yours. Which one? Eh? Eh? Ah, you know then which one do you feed on? Ask a neighbor, don't look innocent. You know what you feed on. No, I want to help you because in this life you can only be victorious if you stay spiritual. What do you feed on? What do you feed on? That's why scammers come to you and they disappear with your money. Because you lack discernment. You are moved by figures, not by a spirit. You say, Men, in three days we shall be counting dollars. You say, Ah, I've been waiting. The Lord has answered my prayers. Then you come and say, Pastor, pray for me. Problems have arrived. What happened? They stole my money. You are a believer. They steal your money. Where was the Holy Spirit? Uh, say, Holy Spirit, please help me. Am I talking to somebody here? I'm about to conclude. I'm about to conclude. Precious Holy Spirit. The word. Somebody say the word. Must become the final authority. Where? In your life. How many people here get angry in life? Do you get angry? Of course. You are angry. Do you get sometimes jealous? Ah, let me see your hand, those who get jealous sometimes. Oh, you are many, not me. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Eh? Do you get annoyed? You do. <laughs> but you see, all those expressions of emotion as a believer... You must subject them to the word. <laughs> the Bible doesn't say don't be jealous. But make sure you bring that jealousy under God's word. <laughs> Some of you say I'm melancholic. What are you? Choleric. What are you? Malaria. Whatever you are. Say so neighbor, whether you are malaria or cholera, whatever you are. 
faith. Somebody said, this is how we were raised in our home. We are men. We are men. We are big people. Uh, the cross must deal with that thing properly. Jesus. Ask your neighbor, is it culture or the word? Ask your neighbor, is it culture or the word? Say, for us in our culture, who told you? Don't you know you're born again? You have a new culture. So the kingdom culture now takes over. You are that culture. They say, for us, we come from Manafa. We Bagisu men, we are men. Ah, you're not a Mugisu. Say, never, you're not a Mugisu. You're a child of God. Born from above. Not born from Manafa. Leave Manafa alone now. Start talking about heaven. Looking at the neighbor. Why do you identify yourself with that local village of yours? You're a citizen of heaven. Change the way you think. Ah. I'm telling you. I am telling you. We need change. So now we need change. And God uses the word to do what? Remember, I say the word of God is the basis for what? Discernment. The basis for discernment. You lack the word, your discernment will always be erratic. You will always be false. Hmm? Custom number two. The last one. Luke chapter five. Give me Luke chapter 5. I'll give you the last custom of Jesus. I can't go deep in all that I wanted to say today. Verse number 16. Let's look at that. Let's read. So he himself often. Everyone says, how often? So now, culture number one of Jesus. He was a man of what? The word. Number two. Prayer. Jesus, I want to be like you. Yeah. Prayer. So now we know Jesus was a successful man because number one, he was a man of the word. Number two, he was a man of prayer. Prayer. Most of you, prayer is firefighting. When your house has caught fire, that's when you come here. Yes, where are you? Show up. And he shows up. So now God knows the only way you pray is to keep your house on fire. So you are ever, everything is on fire. So that's the only way you can be praying. No, that's not God's best. That's not God's best for you. <laughs> Prayer. Number one. Listen to me. Every spiritual activity is predicated on the platform of prayer. Every spiritual activity. If you don't pray, you're cheating yourself. Listen, church. When confusion came in the church in the book of Acts, Peter rose up and told the church, guys, choose among yourself. People who will deal with chapati and what? And whatever it is. For us. There has to be a for us. There are some people who are for we, they, let them deal with what? But for us, we are giving ourselves to the world and prayer. What made Jesus successful? The word and prayer. 
If you div- take us away, there will be no church. For us to be church, we must stay in what? In the word and in prayer. That is what defines the life of Jesus. Tell them, say, neighbor, every time you don't pray, God is not the loser. <laughs> it's you. It's you. That's why, as a church, we try to organize platforms for you to pray. 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 The Bible says, as long as Josiah sought the Lord, what happened? He prospered. As long as Josiah, and he was seven years old when he became the king. He was seven years old. Let me give you the last scripture. Somebody said this is the last one. Hmm. Let me close the Bible for you to believe me. Hmm. No, my heart pains me because what I see in the church of Jesus, there's a lot of drama. Now I'm giving you what will make you a winner. Even if they put you in that Saudi Arabian desert, you'll still win. You will still win. I've shown you two things that Jesus did that made him a wonder. He was a man of what? And the what? And the word. Prayer and the word. It takes two wings to fly. Don't just only pray, 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 pray. You will go nowhere. So you need prayer and the word. It takes two legs for you to be able to move. Prayer and the word. Everything is born from that place. Everything in your life is born from that place. Prayer and the word. Look, let's go to Acts chapter 1. Let's read something there. I hope I'm helping somebody here. The neighbor, it's not what you hear that matters. It's what you do. It's what you do. The former account I made of Theophilus of all that Jesus began to do and teach. Let's go next. Until the day in which he was taken up after he threw the Holy Spirit had given commandment to who? The apostles, whom he had chosen. Next. To whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs. Let's go to the next verse. Let's read together. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to do what? Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit and not many days. So, let's look at how did these guys interpret that statement Jesus left them? What did Jesus tell them? Wait for for the promise of the Father. Wait for the promise of the Father. Wait for the promise of the Father. So, what does waiting translate to? And the Bible says something very interesting. The Bible says there, they went to Jerusalem and they went to the upper room, all of them. The ladies and the disciples, all of them went to the upper room. Give me that verse there. When they climbed the upper room. And when that entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. There, all of them. Next verse. Let's read together. I, I read loud and clear. These all continued in one accord. In what? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. With the women and men. 
Ah, read again. Somebody say continued. They did what? They did what? That's discipline. That is discipline. Not just jacking it. They continued. So they interpreted the instruction of Jesus. Wait for the promise of the Father. As what? Stay in the place of prayer. Continued in prayer. Some of you say, hey, you're everywhere. As a matter of fact, Jesus left the instruction. There were 500 men on the day of Pentecost. How many were there? 380 couldn't wait. They said, ah, these things of Jesus, they take long. They became spectators on the day of Pentecost. Yet they were among the people the Lord told them. Let me tell you, waiting on God pays more than running around. It does. People think you're wasting time. The greatest investment. Let me tell you. In three and a half years, Jesus had finished what God had called him to do. Read the Bible. He spent nights in prayer. Spend time in the world. From today, make up your mind. Make schedule your time for prayer and the world. Don't say as the Spirit leads me. No, you have been like that for a long time. The Spirit has failed to lead you. Are you hearing me? Now I want to program yourself. Say never program yourself. Are you hearing me? These things will make you successful in life. I'm telling you the truth. Practice it continuously. All these demons disturbing, they will disappear. They will go. They will go. I'm sorry to say this. I'm saying this, but very few of you are going to do that. It hurts a pastor. Because I know what you'll do. But I'm laboring to tell you what will make you a total success. But some of us, we are stubborn as a mule. You, you don't want to do that. You won't always quick your things, you know, pastor. Mm-mm. There's another way. You've been another way all these years. Aren't you tired of those wounds you've been having all these years? Say, neighbor, the word and prayer. The word and what? Wake up in the morning. One of my boys said he wanted to be a, a space scientist. Then he read a story about what it takes to be a space scientist. The guy is, one of the guys says he sleeps only four hours. I say, Daddy, I've changed my mind. <laughs> because four hours, I mean, I love sleep. Are you hearing me? I cannot sleep four hours. <laughs> you admire Messi. You admire Ronaldo. You admire Usain Bolt. You know how much time they spend disciplining themselves. The guy trains for eight hours a day to run for 30 seconds. <laughs> eight hours. For how many years? For three or four years. To race. You know what you see is a finished product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-uh. It takes discipline to be a champion. Tell him it takes discipline to be a champion. Yeah. We can sing here to be a champion. To be a champion. No, it takes more than champion singing. Are you hearing me? Tell you, never takes more than singing. 
If you think you're a champion and you're there, you go back and you're filling your stomach with chapati, tea, soda, waraji, everything goes in your stomach. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen to you. Then he said, ah, these, these pastors are not anointed. You cannot tell me I'm anointed. Are you hearing me? You are not just following discipline. There's no discipline. There is no discipline. There is no discipline. Discipline in the word. Discipline in what? In prayer. I'd rather pray. I'd rather sleep in my prayer time while standing or while sitting. I say, Lord, at least I've arrived. Are you hearing me? Then be absent. Strive. Show God that you're serious. Then he will add to you what is it. But you are not there. You are not there. You're everywhere. Hey, a friend has called you. Hey, what are you doing? I come here. Where are you going? I have no program. Who told you? Say, Holy Spirit, please help me. Say, this year you must have a program. Say, neighbor, this year you must have a program. Every Saturday, you are in a wedding reception. Every Saturday, you are somewhere at reception. Say, neighbor, I value my time. Say, hallelujah. I say, hallelujah. God is honest with me. I have a problem. That's why reception I go towards the end. Praise the Lord. Because I don't have the grace to sit there all those hours. There are people waiting to hear the word of the Lord. <laughs> I can't sit there five hours. You're seeing things you don't understand. Are you hearing me? Hearing music you have not understood. Are you hearing? Because even you brothers these days in your reception, you hear things you don't want to hear. Are we in the brothers' church? Somebody say discipline. Say discipline. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I'm telling you, I value what God has put on my heart. I respect the people God has given. So I make sure I hear what God has to say. I don't have time to sit there all the time. Then you come here and start telling stories. Eh? People walk through that door. They need to be healed. They need to be delivered. They need to hear the word of the Lord. Then you come here fresh from reception. <laughs> Say, Lord, help me. Say, it takes discipline to be a champion. We're going to be champions this year. Why? Because we are changing the way we do things. Praise the Lord. Set your time. Even if you say, I'm going to pray for one hour and you make it 25 minutes, don't give up. Tomorrow go again. Do 25. Next time it will be 30. It will be 40. It will be one hour. God will strengthen you to do the right thing. I say God will strengthen you to do the right thing. And before you know it, certain things disturbing you will fly away. Stand up on your feet. I hope somebody has been blessed this afternoon. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor, the discipline of what? Of prayer and, and the word. That's why we're here. Every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, in the evening. Come here. Come here. Instead of going visiting aunties and uncles in the evening. Come here. You've been visiting those uncles. They have done nothing to you. Are you hearing me? Come here in the presence of the Lord. Come and talk to God. Cry to God.
And what the Lord told me within six months, there are going to be amazing testimonies in the life of people here. Amazing testimonies of people who are seeking God, crying out to God. Say, neighbor, watch this space. You, I will have to introduce myself to you because of what God would have done in my life. Praise the Lord. I say, praise the Lord. We didn't arrive here by speaking English. We didn't arrive here by speaking English. We arrive here by praying, fasting, seeking God, this Uguwari, sacrifice. That's how you arrive here. Amen. Look at your neighbor and then say, neighbor, you speak too much English. Start speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. I say, hallelujah. Do we have students who are going back to school in this house? Can you come here and pray for you? All the children going back to school. I believe you're going back to school this month. On Monday, all the kids going back to school. Leave the ones in Sunday school. I want the big ones here. Do we have them here? Come, 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 come. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. The God of Daniel is your God. God of Solomon is your God. Amen. Do your part. God will do what you cannot do. So you read. It will give you the understanding. It will give you the wisdom. Solomon woke up in the morning. And God had filled him with wisdom. There is a, a sister who I've forgotten and she came. Prayed for the son. The son was always the, the first from behind. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. After prayers, the boy is now among the top ten. There's something God can do to you. But God is a God. Put your hands on your head. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that I belong to you. This is a day of man. I have come to your house. You are the God who is the source of all wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This afternoon that you are triggering in my life the spirit of wisdom, of knowledge, understanding, and supernatural intelligence. You who made Daniel and his friends ten times wiser. This afternoon, I receive the same grace, the same anointing. I'll be ten times better than I was last time. By your spirit, I am called by your name. Lord, I thank you that you are making the difficult things easy for me. From today, in the mighty name of Jesus. I am blessed with supernatural intelligence. I activate the covenant of Abraham over my life. I'm coming back with a testimony at the end of the term. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. You may go back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're here, you're not born again. Ask your neighbor. Are you born again? I mean, ask them if they are born again. 
Oh, you, you don't have a home church. Oh, you backslid and you want to renew your life to Jesus. By the way, something very interesting. I think it was three weeks ago, someone gave me a piece of land somewhere. What is that place called? Chabakad. Jesus Christ. This is on which road? Kalaji. Kalaji, is it? Before Kalaji. Chabakade. <laughs> it is right at the trading center. Praise the Lord. Kalaji. And uh, I think you went there. How much they said you can go for? If you have to sell it. About how much? About a hundred million. I'm selling that land. We're putting, I'm putting money in the bus. I'm telling you. So, hundred million. I'm going to buy it. Put it in the bus. Put it in the bus. Uh, the young people must be born again. As we will do whatever it takes. Say, no, we'll do whatever it takes. To make sure the young people come in the house of the Lord. Praise the Lord. I say, praise the Lord. And it will happen in less than three months. It is going to happen. Hmm? Bishop, we've been selling our suits, we shall sell it. Even those shoes there, it can go for how much? We auction it. <laughs> Hallelujah. We have to obey God. Amen. We have to obey God at all costs. At all costs. I am happy because I see the bus. Ask anybody, what do you see? Ask anybody, what do you see? What do you see? It is going to happen. Praise the Lord. I say, it's going to happen. Hallelujah. I'm excited seeing young people in church. Look at him as a neighbor. I love you. Especially that you are going to practice prayer and the word. And I want to see you here tomorrow at 5.30. Let's seek the Lord. Because that's the winning ticket in this life. Amen. I called. If you want to give your life, you want to renew your faith, you want to be a member of the church, and you have none, please come here. You meet me right here. Otherwise, turn to somebody on the left and say, you are blessed. You are highly favored. And God is with you. Three people, tell them, tell them, tell them they are blessed.